Section 26B of Pamela or Virtue Rewarded. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela or Virtue Rewarded by Samuel Richardson. Section 26B. I would have removed the chair to have gone out, but her nephew came and sat in it. This provoked me, for I thought I should be unworthy of the honor I was raised to, though I was afraid to own it, if I did not show some spirit. And I said, What, sir, is your pretense in this house to keep me a prisoner here? Because, said he, I like it. Do you so, sir? replied I. If that is the answer of a gentleman to such an one as I, it would not, I dare say, be the answer of a gentleman to a gentleman. My lady, my lady, said he, a challenge, a challenge, by gad. No, sir, said I, I am of a sex that gives no challenges, and you think so, too, or you would not give this occasion for the word. Said my lady, don't be surprised, nephew, the wench could not talk thus if she had not been her master's bedfellow. Pamela, Pamela, said she, and tapped me upon the shoulder two or three times in anger. Thou hast lost thy innocence, girl, and thou hast got some of thy bold master's assurance, and art fit to go anywhere. Then, and please your ladyship, said I, I am unworthy of your presence, and desire I may quit it. No, replied she, I will know first what reason you can give for not accepting my proposal, if you are innocent. I can give, said I, a very good one, but I beg to be excused. I will hear it, said she. Why then, answered I, I should perhaps have less reason to like this gentleman than where I am. Well then, said she, I'll put you to another trial. I'll set out this moment with you to your father and mother, and give you up safe to them. What do you say to that? I, Mrs. Pamela, said her nephew, now what does your innocence say to that? For, gad, madame, you have puzzled her now. Be pleased, madame, said I, to call off this fine gentleman. Your kindness in these proposals makes me think you would not have me baited. I'll be didn't, said he, if she does not make me a bulldog. Why, she'll toss us all by and by. Sir, said I, you indeed behave as if you were in a bear garden. Jackie, be quiet, said my lady. You only give her a pretense to evade my questions. Come, answer me, Pamela. I will, madame, said I, and it is thus. I have no occasion to be beholden to your ladyship for this honor, for I am to set out tomorrow morning on the way to my parents. Now again thou liest, wench. I am not of quality, said I, to answer such language. Once again, said she, provoke me not by these reflections and this pertness. If thou dost, I shall do something by thee unworthy of myself. That, thought I, you have done already, but I ventured not to say so. But who is to carry you, said she, to your father and mother? Who my master pleases, madame, said I. Aye, said she. I doubt not thou wilt do everything he pleases, if thou hast not already. Why now tell me, Pamela, from thy heart, 
hast thou not been in bed with thy master? Ha, wench! I was quite shocked at this, and said, I wonder how your ladyship can use me thus. I am sure you can expect no answer, and my sex and my tender years might accept me from such treatment from a person of your ladyship's birth and quality, and who, be the distance ever so great, is of the same sex with me. Thou art a confident wench, said she, I see. Pray, madam, said I, let me beg you to permit me to go. I am waited for in the town to dinner. No, replied she, I can't spare you, and whomsoever you are to go to will excuse you, when they are told tis I that command you not to go. And you may excuse it too, young lady would-be, if you consider that it is the unexpected coming of your late lady's daughter, and your master's sister that commands your stay. But a pre-engagement your ladyship will consider is something. Ay, so it is, but I know not what reason waiting-maids have to assume these airs of pre-engagements. Oh, Pamela, Pamela, I am sorry for thy thus aping thy betters, and giving thyself such airs. I see thou art quite spoiled. Of a modest, innocent girl that thou wast, and humble too, thou art now fit for nothing in the world, but what I fear thou art. Why, please your ladyship, said her kinsman, what signifies all you say? The matter's over with her, no doubt, and she likes it, and she is in a fairy dream, and tis pity to awaken her before her dream's out. Bad as you take me to be, madam, said I, I am not used to such language or reflections as this gentleman bestows upon me, and I won't bear it. Well, Jackie, said she, be silent, and shaking her head, poor girl, said she, what a sweet innocence is here destroyed, a thousand pities, I could cry over her, if that would do her good. But she is quite lost, quite undone, and then has assumed a carriage upon it that all those creatures are distinguished by. I cried sadly for vexation, and said, Say what you please, madam, if I can help it, I will not answer another word. Mrs. Jukes came in and asked if her ladyship was ready for dinner. She said yes. I would have gone out with her, but my lady said, taking my hand, she could not spare me. And, miss, said she, you may pull off your gloves and lay your fan by, for you shan't go, and, if you behave well, you shall wait upon me at dinner, and then I shall have a little further talk with you. Mrs. Jukes said to me, Madam, may I speak one word with you? I can't tell, Mrs. Jukes, said I, for my lady holds my hand, and you see I am a kind of prisoner. What you have to say, Mrs. Jukes, said she, you may speak before me. But she went out and seemed vexed for me, and she says I looked like the very scarlet. The cloth was laid in another parlor, and for three persons, and she led me in. Come, my little dear, said she with a sneer, I'll hand you in, and I would have you think it as well if it was my brother. What a sad case! thought I, should I be in, if I were as naughty as she thinks me. It was bad enough as it was. Jackie, said my lady, come, let us go to dinner. She said to her woman, do you, Beck, help Pamela to tend us. 
we will have no men-fellows. Come, my young lady, shall I help you off with your white gloves? I have not, madame, said I, deserved this at your ladyship's hands. Mrs. Jukes, coming in with the first dish, she said, Do you expect anybody else, Mrs. Jukes, that you lay the cloth for three? Said she, I hoped your ladyship and madame would have been so well reconciled that she would have sat down too. What means this clownish woman? said my lady in great disdain. Could you think the creature should sit down with me? She does, madame, and please your ladyship with my master. I doubt it not, good woman, said she, and lies with him too, does she not? Answer me, fat face. How these ladies are privileged. If she does, madame, said she, there may be a reason for it, perhaps, and went out. So, said she, has the wench got thee over too? Come, my little dear, pull off thy gloves, I say, and off she pulled my left glove herself, and spied my ring. Oh, my dear God, said she, if the wench has not got a ring, well, this is a pretty piece of foolery indeed. Dost know, my friend, that thou art miserably tricked? And so, poor innocent, thou hast made a fine exchange, hast thou not? Thy honesty for this bauble? And I'll warrant, my little dear has topped her part, and paraded it like any real wife, and so mimics still the condition. Why, said she, and turned me round, thou art as mincing as any bride. No wonder thou art thus tricked out, and talkest of thy pre-engagements. Prithee, child, walk before me to that glass, survey thyself, and come back to me, that I may see how finely thou canst act the theatrical part given thee. I was then resolved to try to be silent, though most sadly vexed. So I went and sat me down in the window, and she took her place at the upper end of the table, and her saucy Jackie, fleering at me most provokingly, sat down by her. Said he, Shall not the bride sit down by us, madame? Aye, well thought of, said the lady. Pray, Mrs. Bride, your pardon for sitting down in your place. I said nothing. Said she, with a poor pun, Thou hast some modesty, however, child, for thou canst not stand it, so must sit down, though in my presence. I still kept my seat and said nothing. Thought I, this is a sad thing that I am hindered to from showing my duty where it is most due, and shall have anger there too, maybe, if my dear master should be there before me. So she ate some soup, as did her kinsman, and then, as she was cutting up a fowl, said, If thou longest, my little dear, I will help thee to a pinion or breast or anything. But maybe, child, said he, thou likest the rump, shall I bring it thee? And then laughed like an idiot, for all he is a lord's son, and may be a lord himself, for he is the son of Lord Blank, and his mother, who was Lord Davers's sister, being dead, he has received what education he has from Lord Davers's direction. Poor wretch, for all his greatness, he'll ne'er die for a plot, at least of his own hatching. If I could then have gone up, I would have given you his picture. But, for one of twenty-five or twenty-six years of age, much about the age of my dear master, he is a most odd mortal." Pamela, said my lady, help me to a glass of wine. 
No, Beck, said she, you shan't, for she was offering to do it. I will have my lady bride confer that honor upon me, and then I shall see if she can stand up. I was silent and never stirred. Dost hear, chastity? said she. Help me to a glass of wine when I bid thee. What, not stir? Then I'll come and help thee to one. Still I stirred not, and, fanning myself, continued silent. Said she, When I have asked thee, meek one, half a dozen questions together, I suppose thou wilt answer them all at once. Pretty creature, is not that it? I was so vexed, I bit a piece of my fan out, not knowing what I did. But still I said nothing, and did nothing but flutter it, and fan myself. I believe, said she, my next question will make up half a dozen, and then, modest one, I shall be entitled to an answer. He rose and brought the bottle and glass. Come, said he, Mrs. Bride, be pleased to help my lady, and I will be your deputy. Sir, replied I, it is in a good hand, help my lady yourself. Why, creature, said she, dost thou think thyself above it? And then flew into a passion. Insolence, continued she, this moment when I bid you know your duty and give me a glass of wine, or... So I took a little spirit then. Thought I, I can but be beat. If, said I, to attend your ladyship at table, or even kneel at your feet, was required of me, I would most gladly do it, were I only the person you think me. But if it be to triumph over one who has received honors, that she thinks require her to act another part, not to be utterly unworthy of them, I must say I cannot do it. She seemed quite surprised, and looked now upon her kinsman, and then upon her woman, I'm astonished, quite astonished. Well, then, I suppose you would have me conclude you my brother's wife, could you not? Your ladyship, said I, compels me to say this. Well, returned she, but dost thou thyself think thou art so? Silence, said her kinsman, gives consent. Tis plain enough she does. Shall I rise, madame, and pay my duty to my new aunt? Tell me, said my lady, what, in the name of impudence, possesses thee to dare to look upon thyself as my sister? Madame, replied I, that is a question will better become your most worthy brother to answer than me. She was rising in great wrath, but her woman said, Good your ladyship, you'll do yourself more harm than her, and if the poor girl has been deluded so, as you have heard, with the sham marriage, She'll be more deserving of your ladyship's pity than anger. True, Beck, very true, said my lady, but there's no bearing the impudence of the creature in the meantime. I would have gone out at the door, but her kinsman ran and set his back against it. I expected bad treatment from her pride and violent temper, but this was worse than I could have thought of. And I said to him, Sir, when my master comes to know your rude behavior, you will, maybe, have cause to repent it, and went and sat down in the window again. Another challenge, by gad, said he, but I am glad she says her master. You see, madame, she herself does not believe she is married, and so has not been so much deluded as you think her. 
and, coming to me with a most barbarous air of insult, he said, kneeling on one knee before me, My new aunt, your blessing or your curse, I care not which, but quickly give me one or other, that I may not lose my dinner. I gave him a most contemptuous look. Tinseled toy, said I, for he was laced all over, twenty or thirty years hence, when you are at age, I shall know how to answer you better. Meantime, sport with your footmen, and not with me. And so I removed to another window nearer the door, and he looked like a sad fool, as he is. Beck, Beck, said my lady, this is not to be borne. Was ever the like heard? Is my kinsman and Lord Davers's to be thus used by such a slut? And was coming to me, and indeed I began to be afraid, for I have but a poor heart after all. But Mrs. Jukes, hearing high words, came in again with the second course, and said, Pray, your ladyship, don't so discompose yourself. I am afraid this day's business will make matters wider than ever between your good ladyship and your brother, for my master dotes upon madame. Woman, said she, do thou be silent. Sure I that was born in this house may have some privilege in it without being talked to by the saucy servants in it. I beg pardon, madame, replied Mrs. Jukes, and, turning to me, said, Madam, my master will take it very ill if you make him wait for you thus. So I rose to go out, but my lady said, If it was only for that reason she shan't go, and went to the door and shut it, and said to Mrs. Jukes, Woman, don't come again till I call you, and coming to me took my hand and said, Find your legs, miss, if you please. I stood up and she tapped my cheek. Oh, says she, that scarlet glow shows what a rancorous little heart thou hast, if thou durst show it. But come this way, and so led me to her chair. Stand there, said she, and answer me a few questions while I dine, and I'll dismiss thee till I call thy impudent master to account, and then I'll have you face to face, and all this mystery of iniquity shall be unraveled. For between you I will come to the bottom of it. When she had sat down, I moved to the window on the other side of the parlour, looking into the private garden, and her woman said, Mrs. Pamela, don't make my lady angry. Stand by her ladyship as she bids you. Said I, Pray, good now, let it suffice you to attend your lady's commands, and don't lay yours upon me. Your pardon, sweet Mrs. Pamela, said she. Times are much altered with you, I'll assure you said I, her ladyship has a very good plea to be free in the house that she was born in, but you may as well confine your freedoms to the house in which you had your breedings. Why, how now, Mrs. Pamela, said she, since you provoke me to it, I'll tell you a piece of my mind. Hush, hush, good woman, said I, alluding to my lady's language to Mrs. Jukes, my lady wants not your assistance. Besides, I can't scold. The woman was ready to flutter with vexation, and Lord Jackie laughed as if he would burst his sides. Good dun me, Beck, said he. You'd better let her alone to my lady here, for she'll be too many for twenty such as you and I. And then he laughed again and repeated, I can't scold, quotha. But by gad, miss, you can speak dun spiteful words, I can tell you that. 
poor Beck, poor Beck, for gad, she's quite dumbfoundered. Well, but Pamela, said my lady, come hither and tell me truly, dost thou think thyself really married? Said I, and approached her chair, My good lady, I'll answer all your commands, if you'll have patience with me, and not be so angry as you are, but I can't bear to be used thus by this gentleman and your ladyship's woman. Child, said she, thou art very impertinent to my kinsman. Thou canst not be civil to me, and my ladyship's woman is much thy betters. But that's not the thing. Dost thou think thou art really married? End of section 26b